Welcome back to War with Cinema. I'm your host, Greg, your local metalhead, and with me is... Part of the Collector. What's going on, everybody? How's it going? What it's... are we... Oh, uh, we're here to do um, The Gift, written and directed by Joel Egerton, which I did not know. And acted. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's in it, too. And the antagonist, yeah. Yep. Or protagonist, really, in my opinion. You know, that's a little later. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, The Gift. I didn't know he written and directed it until after. I didn't read anything. I didn't do. Oh, anything. really? I went into this blind because I saw the cast and I was like, "Fuck, this could be good." It's crazy. He's the writer, director, producer, and he like doesn't star in it, but he does. Right. He's like the co. Yeah. He's second lead. Yeah. Well, third. This is the wife, right? I I wanted to look up her name. I f- I feel like shit because I didn't look up her name because I love her in the town. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's she's I, and I realized watching this movie today that she is sexy with either short hair or long hair, <laughs> and she's like I don't know if she's in movies anymore. I don't, but I'm not sure. I haven't seen her a lot. She is sexy though. Oh yeah. So what'd you think of it? We didn't. This is one of the few movies we didn't. I actually didn't hear you say anything about it before we got started. So I'm genuinely interested. Well, uh, it was it was. I, I don't want to do it without telling my score, but like, you know what I mean. <laughs> the movie itself was good. It was it was well made, and I thought Joel did pretty good for writing and directing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were elements of it that I felt like he kind of ripped off from other stuff, but I guess all thrillers are like that to a certain extent. To a certain extent, yeah. Stalking movies, you know. But uh, he did a good job of. I mean, he always does a good job. He's a good actor. Period. Yeah, in my opinion. So like. But for him to write and direct a movie, not a lot of people do that. That's some talent. And make right. it good. Like, right. a lot of people try it, but kind of fumble. Exactly. And then he playing the bad guy. Like, he, he doesn't play the bad guy a lot. So I thought that was cool, too. Well, I like, too, that he doesn't, like, steal the show. Right. He sits in the background, the backdrop. He lets the story play out. Without... And, I, and I fucking love Jason Bateman. Like, he's one of my favorite actors. <sighs> okay. Jason Bateman is a good actor, but the problem is, is when I see Jason Bateman, a lot of the time I see Jason Bateman, I don't see the character he's portraying. But Ozark and this movie has really like changed my opinion on that one. Well, when's the last time you watched this? Last night. Okay, well I watched it this morning, so I'm fresh with it too. Yeah. Um, and I felt like the, I thought he played a different character. Like I know, I know, I get what you're saying because the fumbling, nervous, funny, like that's what he does in a lot of stuff. Yeah, you know, so I get what you're saying there, and that's what he seems like he would be in like in real life. Mm-hmm. But I felt like in this one, he he's changed it up a little bit in the fact that he was a fucking bully. Like he was. No, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. this is one of the movies where he actually acted. Right. Like I didn't see Jason Bateman. I saw that right. character. And he and he did a good job because at first I thought just like you, like he's Jason Bateman in this one. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he gave me this movie if unless Joel Egerton's character is just that fucked up. He wanted me to see that. <laughs> and then as the movie went on, he just kind of like little by little shows you more of how big of a piece of shit he is. Well, let's talk about right. what the movie's about. Right. So what okay. is this movie about? All right. You got Jason Bateman. Um, his character in this is Simon. And he's like a what? Simon says. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just yeah, remember that when you said later it. Later on. <laughs> That would be a dope slogan, though, if you oh, were. Fuck yeah. You know what I mean? I would use if that. If you were running for something. I'd run for something just so I could use <laughs> just that. Just so you could use it, yeah. But uh, <laughs> anyways, that kind of threw me off. 
But uh, anyways, he's a successful like a businessman. Mm-hmm. They don't really go into like what he's doing. And he he runs a big. Uh, oh yes, they talked about he um some kind does of firm. security. For oh, that's big right. That's businesses. right. Right for businesses, they hold a personal information. Yeah. But uh, and him and his wife, they move out to California. They have to move out to California. They're from Chicago. Everybody's from Chicago. But that's where I'm trying to go. They shows them looking at this house, and of course the house is weird. It's got like all these sliding doors, and it's got this amazing view. Oh like, yeah, that's why you bought the house, the view. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyways, they buy it, and they're in uh, they're in like Bed Bath and Beyond or something like that, buying furniture. Yeah, and, they're in the mall buying stuff. Right, they're they're just buying shit for the house, and uh, they run into this guy, um, Gordon. Gordo. Gordo, weirdo, Gordo. Yeah. And Jason Bateman don't even remember him. Doesn't know what he looks like. He's just mm-hmm. like, who are you again? Yeah. And they exchange numbers because his wife's like trying to buy shit and the people are talking to him. So he just says, all right, see you later. Well, like the next day they get a bottle of wine mm-hmm. left by this guy. And the wife's like, oh, that's super sweet. And the dude's like, that's so weird. Like yep. I give him our address. But you notice that he hears the guy at the counter say what's your address sir and he tells him so he yeah, already knows where they it, live that's what i love about this movie is like little subtle hints that's what makes great writing like yeah. you're like how did he get his address well if you were paying attention you yeah. see that jason bateman was telling the clerk his address yeah that's true in earshot of and gordon's character it's like fuck that's this movie's also a psa for like why you don't fucking just let people into your lives because shit can go wrong mm-hmm. immediately but um so he gets a bottle of wine. Right, he gets the bottle of wine, and then, like, he shows up. And, of course, he shows up during the middle of the day, which looks weird already, because, you know, and he's like, oh, is Simon home? You know that man's at work. You know he has a job. Yeah. And the wife, because she's just a kind woman, you know, she lets him in, and but he ends up, like, fixing stuff, like, just helping unpack and shit. Yeah, he was helping set up their DVR satellite or right. whatever it was. And, uh... She says something about it. He's like, oh, that's a lovely pond. And she's like, yeah, we're thinking about getting fish for it. Mm-hmm. And then the next day. There's koi in there's it. There's koi in the, in the pond with some fish food. And they invite him over for dinner. And he's just telling all these stories from when they were in high school. And how Simon was just this great guy. And Simon could do whatever he wanted. And mm-hmm. Jason Bateman's just kind of sitting there looking at him all weird, you know, the whole time. Like, oh, it wasn't that big of a deal. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can tell that they have history. You just don't know what that history is like. It's like it's cl- slowly coming back to him mm-hmm. the more the dude talks. And, of course, the dude's getting hammered on wine. Yeah. You know? And he's just like, oh, this is a beautiful house. And he keeps saying, like, I'm so happy for you, man. Yeah, in a really, like, weird way. Like I'm got- so glad your life turned out so perfect because I knew it would. Right. You know, like, just creepy overtones. Joel Egerton, once again. Going to bat with the old acting chops. So my wife and I kept going back and forth about this when we were watching it last night. Do you think the wife was being too nice? Like, how would you have reacted in that situation? Um, would you have been weirded out being like, that dude needs to stay the fuck away? Or would you have been like, let's just be nice to him because he's being nice? When he would have said something to my house, that's where it would have raised some flags. I definitely would have called him and be like, yo, bro, why? how and why did you send something to my house, you know? Fair. I just barely ran into you. And then also, if this dude showed up at my house, my wife would have not been that friendly. Yeah. Like, especially if she knows I don't know him like that. 
You know. Okay, so if we would have ran into this dude and it'd have been like, "Oh my god, this guy was my best friend in elementary school." Like, it would have been a different story. I, I haven't seen you in twenty years. Oh my god, have you been? You know, but like, if I'm just like, I don't even remember that person. Yeah. She's not going to be like, "Oh well, yeah, come into my house." You know, but true. I do understand that some people are like that. That mm-hmm. they just see the good in the world. They don't want to see what it is. You know. Yeah, because my wife was like, if somebody started doing that, I would call the cops because it's fucking weird. Yeah. But me, I'm just like, I think she's just trying to be nice. She's trying to see the good in people, so. Right. Well, I mean, a little naivety. You yeah. Know, I'm probably sure. She's in a new town. Yeah. And she's just trying to be friendly, and this guy's supposedly an old friend, you know, so she's just trying to be the neighbor. Or, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Nice person. And he just, uh, he's kind of creepy at the house, you know, he's hes not real, but she feels sorry for him and whatnot, and the more the movie goes on, you find out that they, not only do they know each other, but their lives really intersected at one point. Yeah, there's some, there's some serious history there. So after all that, he invites them to his house to have oh, dinner, yeah, and this is where creepy, the yeah. turn. This is when they know it's real bad. Yeah. They show up, and he's like, I have a work issue, I have to leave. I'm just going to step outside and be on the phone. Mm-hmm. And Jason Bateman's like, is he leaving? Is he getting in his car? And he gets in the car and starts it up and just leaves. And he's like, how does he just leave two people at his house? Like, right. And, of course, like, Jason Bateman starts making fun of him because, like, he starts remembering who he is. And he's like, ah, oh, this guy was a weirdo back then. And everybody called him Weirdo Gordo. And. They're just talking, and he's looking through the house, and he's like, oh, this guy's got kids. This guy's got a wife. Like, well, he told us he wasn't married. Yeah. <clears throat> of course, he comes back and explains why there's women's clothing there, why there's kids' clothing, or why there's a kid's room and stuff. All right. And she's le- left him, and, like, he doesn't come from money, and this is all her family's house and stuff like that. And then the wife is completely hooked at this point. She's just like, oh, my God. You better feel like a piece of shit. This poor guy is going through such a tough time. How could you be this mean? Because before they go over there, Jason Bateman is talking with other people, other couples. The neighbor, his friend from work, stuff like that. And they're like, yeah, this guy sounds like a serial killer. Right. Definitely just give him no play. Don't Mm -hmm. go over there. Well, I don't want to skip over this part because there's a part that I really liked about this. I've watched it. This is my third time watching this movie. Mm -hmm. So... He has a talk, uh, Jason Bateman has a talk with Gordo, and uh, he's like, stay the fuck away from me and my family, and you know, whatever. So he goes to leave, and the gate won't open. Oh, I was getting to that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know if you wanna, you were going to skip no, that. No, no, no. But I was just saying, that, like, before this, they weren't even going to go, but the wife's like, come on, he bought us koi fish we have to go to his house and thank him and mm-hmm. jason babe was like all right well i'm gonna go thank him we're gonna eat his food and then we're gonna i'm gonna cut him off i'm gonna say look you need to stop with the family right and everybody's like no you shouldn't do it but they go anyways and like i said the, he's gone for about five minutes they're looking through the house and stuff he pulls back in they run downstairs and that's when he drops the whole spiel about his wife left him and they have kids together and yada yada Jason McGaben pretty much doesn't care about any of that shit. He's just like, look, dude, you're weird. You need to stay away from my family. Yeah, because he thinks he wants to fuck his wife. He's like, like, I don't know if you want my wife or whatever. I don't even think he tells him that. Maybe he does. What? Because you don't hear the second part of the conversation. Oh, no, it's just the wife watching. Because the wife acts like she goes outside, but she's listening, and he Mm -hmm. sees her, and he's like, 
give us two minutes, hon. And he says some stuff to her or whatever. Yeah. But uh, either way, like you said, they go to leave, and he had to buzz them in and buzz them out with the remote. Right. And he's honking his horn. Jason Bateman's honking the horn. He gets out of the car. He's just like, the dude hits the button. But there's like, this is why I like Joel Egerton's um, director style is because Jason Bateman gets out of the car to like signify like if you don't, you know, hit this right. button and let me out, I'm going to come in there and like beat the shit. But the brake lights are reflecting off of Jason Bateman and it's just like he's all red. red. Yeah. And that's a really cool aesthetic because yeah. when you finish the movie, you understand that. But on a second viewing, you pick up on little shit like that. Yeah, that is cool. It's just like that. little shit like that that I just love when directors like sprinkle it in and you don't really notice it until right. later. But anyway. No, nah, it's the same thing with Goodfellas. Like, there's a lot of theory about that, too. Oh, yeah? The taillight scene when they're burying Billy Bats mm-hmm. and they murder him in the trunk. Everybody's like, it's all red because that's like their downfall. Like, after that, the whole crew gets fucked up. Oh, shit. Tommy gets whacked, and, you know, Jimmy tries to kill Henry and Henry rats and shit. So mm-hmm. it's like. One of my favorite scenes like that was in the. Um, it was one of the Star Wars movies. I can't remember exactly which one, but Kylo Ren is on the bridge with Han Solo. Yeah. And he's. Uh, the light reflects blue off of it, off Kylo Ren's face. And then it slowly. Half and half, half his re- half his face is blue and half of it's red, and then when he makes his decision that he's gonna make, his whole face turns red. The light turns red. I loved that so much. It was just little shit like that. Uh, it's just like, it makes it's me like, so happy. Harrison Ford definitely like I get why he didn't want to be in it anymore mm-hmm. and stuff because of his age and he's probably just tired of it. But uh, <laughs> he definitely picked the best way for his character to go out. Yeah, like, I think so too. You know, and the ultimate betrayal, and it's like now you know this kid ain't fucking around. He's mm-hmm. really on the dark side now. Exactly. I'm super excited for our Star Wars episode. Not to break off from this, but like, I know we need to buy our tickets. Yeah, I definitely want to go. Yeah, but um, yeah. But anyway, so Steve O coming. I know Steve O. I'm excited. He's excited. So it'll be great. But anyways, yeah, back to the gift. But uh, yeah, Joel Egerton did a really good job on that. He lets him out the gate. And then they think it's over with. Well, then the guy sends a note, and the wife is reading it because, of course, she's the only one home when she gets the note. Mm-hmm. I think there was something else he sent with it, wasn't it? Or was it just the note? I think it was just the letter because it comes in the mail oh, yeah, with that's all right. the other. She finds it in the mail. That's right. You're right. And he says, I'm sorry I didn't have any bad intentions. I'm willing to let the past be the past and let bygones be bygones. And the wife's like, what does he mean by that? She, and he's like, I don't know. He's just, he's just weird. He's just crazy. I didn't, I didn't do anything. Like, so of course the wife gets naturally curious, and she starts digging in, and she finds a file in Simon's desk mm-hmm. that's got a background, his search, and everything on this guy. His mug shots, his uh, when he served in the military, how he was. Uh, what was it? He was a. Uh, dishonorably discharged you know it wasn't like a good a good way to get kicked out of the military right and uh he got arrested for trying to steal a baby i think is what it said (laughs) i must have missed over that no it was like he had tried to abduct a small child or something oh right 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 it was um i can't think of what it was called but yeah 
something to do with a small child. Right. And um, so that plays on later. That's foreshadowing, by the way. Plays on later on in the movie. And, um, of course, Jason Bateman, so, you know, he denies it. And then when she calls him out on it, because she talks to his sister, she talks to the, she goes and finds the other guy from the story because she talks to the sister and the sister's like, yeah, Simon and Greg found. Uh, Why is Greg, Greg always an asshole? It's, it's always Greg, yeah. Greg's always an asshole and it makes me so mad. <laughs> Craig, too. Craig. Craig. Yeah, Craig, too. <laughs> How you get fired on your day off? Come on, Craig. I know you ain't go out like that. <laughs> what you gonna do, build a fort? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love Friday. That's a great movie. It is. Anyways, I forgot what the fuck I was saying. <laughs> so she finds Greg. He's a right. He's a uh, chiropractor. chiropractor, and uh, he's like, it was all a lie. Like, because supposedly. Uh, because the sister told her uh, the wife that he was found being molested by an older student in a car, and that uh, Simon and Greg Helped saw him. him and told told the school. Yeah, and Greg said it never happened. It was all bullshit. Like, yeah, we were kids. We didn't mean it. Like she's like, "What are you talking about?" And because she, she thinks Simon was the kid in the car. Yeah, and he's like, "What are you talking about? It never happened." She just said it did. Yeah, and she was like, "Why would he do that? That's so mean. You know, you would destroy somebody's life because mm-hmm. he could." So Simon was a bully. He did whatever he wanted, and he's like, "Gordo was one of the weak kids." Yeah, and so now you're like, "Fuck you, Jason Bateman!" Like, I don't care what happens to your ass now. Yeah, oh, but he also said like, he's like, and also what his father did to him. Right. He's like, I don't know how you recover from something like that. And That's she's right. like, he "What did his that. father do that do to him?" And then it cuts to the scene. Yeah. And she, of course, comes home and he's talking with his friend from work. You see later, earlier on in the movie, and mm-hmm. they're saying that you're going to get this promotion, man. It's just between you and Danny McDonald. <laughs> it writes that name down, Danny McDonald. And if you think about it, it goes back to the earlier part of the movie when they find the bottle of, uh, when they find the koi fish. The, uh, the guy he meets at the party is Danny McDonald. Oh, okay. Him and his wife are there. There's so much foreshadowing, which is great. It really writing. is. Yeah, well, like I said, dude, Joel Egerton surprised me. Yes. I knew the guy was talented, but like I said, he did a good job with that. This is serious, like master craft. So after this point, um, where was that? <laughs> so the friend, he's at. Oh, his right. house with his friend. She That's comes right. home and she he's like, "Hey, let's cut this." She's short. got this look like, "Fuck you, get it, to get him out of here. I need to yell at you or whatever." Right. And um, she's got she got pregnant, now, doesn't she? Yes, yeah, because she... the chiropractor. I remember my wife's like, "You shouldn't go to a chiropractor when you're pregnant." So yeah, right. she is pregnant. Yeah, she is pregnant. Yeah. By the way, he's and she was trying and she lost the baby that she was pregnant with. Right. In we, Chicago. I, I guess we part. skipped over the yeah, part where she. That's why she's home all the time. Yeah. Because she has like a big designer firm and she stopped. She made it an online business so she could stay home Mm -hmm. because she lost her baby. And no, but uh, now she's pregnant again. But she has like a problem. Before she got pregnant, she has a problem with pills. She went over to her neighbor's house to talk about everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. She finds that her neighbor has prescription pills and she steals some of them. Yep. Next thing you know, she passes out in the bedroom, 
So we kind of skipped over that a little. But yeah, anyway, skip over it's that, actually yeah. an important part of the movie. It is very important. So anyway, she has a look on her face like, I need to talk to you. Yeah. And because uh, she feels guilty about about the way he did her. And she's like, I don't even know who you are anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, you lie so much. She's like, you need to go apologize. You need to go apologize. And he tries to. He goes and he tracks this guy down because he knows where he's at because he did a background search on him and he knows where he lives and what he does for a living. And What is he doing? Like, I didn't get that. He's hosting like a game night. Is that what it is? Yeah, because he's asking trivia questions. Yeah. Because but nobody seems like interested in him like right. at all. Like I've never seen that before. Like, he only gets paid by tips or some shit. Like that's such a weird thing. It's very weird. The whole character's weird as fuck. Well, yeah, but that's like a weird. I've never seen like a trivia night like that at a bar. I mean, I've seen them for shows, certain shows. And stuff oh, really? Like, that. like they have them for The Office and stuff like that. You know, just depends on what people are into, man. Yeah, Twilight. I guess so. I've seen Twilight ones. Like I don't give a fuck. Whichever one, or whatever you're into it, there's enough people into it, I guess. I guess so, but anyway. But, yeah. It's mostly at bars and shit, though, which is, like, where he's at. And then, of course, while he's watching the dude do the trivia, he's just drinking. Just drinking liquor. Oh, just getting hammered, just yeah. Just drinking whiskey. <laughs> and he goes out back, and he's like, hey, Gordo, me and the wife were talking, and she thought it would be a good idea if I came down here and apologized. Just like an extra little fuck you. And that's yeah. why I said Jason Bateman did a good job in this one because he's just, now he's, you can see the bully because most people look at Jason Bateman and are like, who the fuck is he bullying? <laughs> right. You can't bully shit. <laughs> you would get bullied. You're not, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, um. Really thought these roles would be reversed in a normal movie. Almost definitely. You know, Joel Egerton would be the badass and this guy would be the fucking little wimpy guy. Mm-hmm. But, which is another. Just the thing I'm picking up on now, why Joel Egerton did a good job on this movie. Like, he really did transform himself into a kind of a weakling. Anyways, they end up arguing while he tries to apologize to him. Yeah, because Gordon's like, oh, your wife wanted you to apologize. You, you didn't want actually want to be here. Right. So, Because, like, you came down here and found me at my shit job and just want to rub it in that your life's so fucking great. And mm-hmm. now you're apologizing because your wife made you. And he tells me, he's like, fuck your apology. He's like, do you accept my apology? He's like, pretty much. He doesn't say fuck your apology, but he's like, it's too late for that. Yeah. Like, you can't apologize to me now. Right. So. So the bully comes out. So the bully comes out in a rage and he kicks yeah. his fucking papers over. And Joel Egerton just goes into full, you know, nerd mode. And he's like, I just want to pick up my papers, man. Leave me alone. And, of course. Jason Bateman puts his head into the ground like a like it's a playground or sandbox. Yeah, he has like the knee, his knee and his. He goes temple. straight seventh grade on this kid. <laughs> it's really crazy. <laughs> I've never seen that kind of acting out of Jason Bateman. He just goes full seventh grade bully on this fucking guy. Yeah, and he's like, if you ever come near my family again, I'll fucking kill you and shit like that. Right. Know? He goes home to the wife, and you're like, all right, you just got to come clean, man, and say you're a piece of shit, and uh, you know. But he tells his wife. He was so appreciative. You know, he told me thank you. And it shows, like, how much of a piece of shit he is. Like, he's just hugging his wife. Like, he starts getting emotional. Like, he's like, I tried, you know, to try to make it right. You know, he's at peace. I'm at peace now. Let's just move on. And, uh, (laughs) and then it's like a montage of all the months going by, her pregnancy getting her, you know, getting more and more. He gets the promotion. 
and he's having a uh, they're having a dinner party, a dinner party with all his friends celebrating his promotion, and a brick goes through the window. Yep. And they go outside. He goes outside with a baseball bat. And there's like three other grown men out there, so the numbers are good. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you just see a horribly unathletic person try to get by them. <laughs> And, of course, uh, the one guy just fucking gives him a good shoulder nudge, and he's down. Right. And Jason Bateman gets on him. Seventh grade bully comes out again. What are you doing in my house? And with the bat and shit. They get him up, and it's Danny McDonald. Yep. And what's his name? He's like, what are you, what are you doing here? Because, of course, the friend knows who he is because he's like, it's the job's between you and Danny McDonald. Yep. And then you find out Jason Bateman, once again, piece of shit. Made up lies about this guy. Said he knew somebody from the company he worked at before. Mm-hmm. And he got fired for some like bad shit. And uh, they fired that guy. And he's like, you ruined my life. He's like, I lost my job. He's like, I have kids and shit like that. And yeah. The wife sees all this and goes into labor. <laughs> really does. Yeah. So, of course, she knows already before all the stuff he did before now she knows you're still a piece of shit after all this you still are that same way with people i just realized both of our movies are have pregnancies in them oh yeah the paper and this one the gift because the paper she goes into labor like not to start talking about it already but she goes into labor and there's blood all over the seat i'm like wait that wasn't this movie that was the paper and i'm like anyway so she goes into labor right and uh they're at the hospital, and he gets a phone call from his from the same guy that was at the house and said, everybody knows that you lied. You need to clean your desk out by Monday. He's like, I just had a baby. I'm going to have to call you back. He's like, don't bother. It's final. Damn. He's like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll call you back. Like, And the guy just hangs up. Like, mm-hmm. We're done with you. So he loses his job, and he goes back in there, and... He's like, I'm going to go home and shower. I'm assuming he's going to try to fix his job situation. And he thinks he can just go home and regroup and he's going to go get this job taken care of. And then he's going to come back to the hospital and be with his wife and baby. Because, of course, he goes and sees the baby and he's looking at the baby and he's smiling and everything. And he goes into the room and she just has this look of disgust on her face, like towards him. Yep. And she's like, I don't want to go back to the house. And he's like oh, it's okay, like, the window's being fixed, everything's okay. Yeah. And she's like, no, I don't want to go back to that house with you yep. ever again. So she just, he lost his job, and she his also wife. lost his wife. And within 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, it's brutal. And uh, then he gets a phone call from... Uh, Gordo. Gordo, yeah. And he's just like, see what happens when you fuck with people's lives or some shit like that, which... Which is crazy because he didn't do anything to affect his job. Like, yeah, that was all him. He was only after his personal life, you know. Yeah, but um, he thinks he's uh he's out in the parking lot because he's like checks the hospital, like trying to find him. And well, he sees him getting on the elevator, runs right. to him, out of elevator closes, and he gets he... off like two floors later. All right, goes back up, sees the wife, and of course he's all beat up from the time before when Jason Bateman let out the bullet. Yeah, he has his him. arm in a sling. He has some tape over his eyebrow. He's fucked up. Yep. And uh, she's like, did Simon do that to you? And he's like, he's just he's just going through some things. You know, he's just playing. Like, Kaiser Sosa in there the whole way. Yeah. And um, <laughs> he leaves and she, he comes back and 
she's there, she's fine with the baby. And it's this really dramatic moment where they shut the blinds on the fucking baby room. And you just the last thing he sees is her face and the babies. You completely like skipped over the part oh, where they had the uh, phone conversation. That's right. I was going to that. I thought that happened after. Nah. Right? So he already t- she already tells him she's done with him, and he, I guess he's walking out there, right? Right. He sees. That's right. Gordo he sees him get on the elevator. He's out in the parking lot thinking he can see Gordo. Gordo's actually still in the hospital, and then calls him. That's right. And, and what does he tell him? He's like, "I go home. I left you a gift, right?" Is that what he tells him? Wait, didn't all that happen beforehand? When did he actually see all the gifts? I just watched this and I don't even remember. That's what I'm saying. I feel like we skipped the whole fucking part. Like, <laughs> he went, okay, okay, I got you, I got you. She tells him he doesn't want to be with him anymore. He says, I'm going to go home, get a shower. There uh, you go, yeah, yeah, And yeah. I'll come back and we'll talk. Right. So he goes home and, of course, there's a big box on the porch. It opens it up, it's three presents, three gifts. The first one is a key to his house. Yep. The second one is a soundtrack of him while they're at the the rich people's house. I, we didn't say that part either. Yeah, it wasn't he actually finds his out house. that it wasn't his house. It was a client of his because he's a limo driver or some shit. Well, it was his boss's house basically, right. and he and, had a key to his garage, so they were on vacation. So he decided to have the dinner party with uh, them right. while he was on vacation. But, but while they were at that house, he recorded them while he was outside. He recorded them. Having the conversation. Having the conversation about how he just wants you. He's not wanting to be cool with me. He just wants my wife. And this yeah, and that. Gordo the weirdo. Right. But before that, so he shows that he gives them the key on the first present and shows it's actually the key to their house. How my wife actually asked me this, like, how did he acquire the key? Because I couldn't remember. Was there something that happened before the movie? I didn't see anything to do with the key before that so i didn't either so my only guess is is he found a spare key or a hide a key or something yeah okay i thought i might have missed something in the house and then now that i'm going back through it in my mind when she passed out is that because she freaked out and just passed out like an hepatic attack no, or no, did no. he drug her he drugged her because through the gatorade yes okay got you yeah because i was like man he timed that shit perfectly <laughs> you know what i mean like well, that's why I took the video up the Gatorade. Like, that's right. where, why she passed out, because there was something right. in the Gatorade. That's right. And he's got a monkey mask on, because Simon mentions earlier in the movie, well, no, she says it to him mm-hmm. when he first comes to the house, that, yeah, he's terrified of monkeys. I don't even, you can have it if you want. That's one thing that I didn't pick up on the first time I watched it. Like, yeah. the foreshadowing of, like, there's so much foreshadowing. So much foreshadowing in this movie. Like, but, uh, yeah, he picks up the... That's what, that's what I was going to mention at the end when I graded it is like that's it's one of these movies that like if you are one of those people that pick up on little things the first time you watch stuff the second time you watch this movie will be a lot more it, it won't have the same nuance it won't keep you on that edge of your seat like this first time does mm-hmm. the first time you watch this movie is by far the best time you watch almost it. definitely and uh because that is one thing it did it kept my attention it kept me on grips like I was just like man what the fuck is going to happen like Anyways, goes back. The third one is a tape of him breaking into the house with a monkey mask on with his wife passed out. And he makes it seem like he's going to fuck her. Yeah. And it goes back to she finds out she's pregnant right after this. And while he's on the phone with Jason Bateman in the parking lot at the lowest point of his life, he tells him, you know, if it's your son, you know, you can always tell by the eyes. Mm hmm. 
And Jason Bateman runs back in, and then that's when he notices like his wife is with the is with the baby, and they're in the observation room, and she's just holding him, and she's looking at him in just pure disgust. Like I just yep. want nothing. Like I hate you. Mm-hmm. And the baby's looking right at him. And I don't know if that's supposed to assume that the baby's the other guys or what, because he just drops down like, like he both found him dead or something. Yeah. And like he's just, you could tell that he's defeated. Like his life is over. Yeah. So and, I asked my wife, I'm like, he could just get a paternity test and find out, but yes. like, does he really want to know? And that's the thing about it, because he doesn't say anything. He's like, I didn't touch her. Mm-hmm. Or did I? Exactly. You know, they never believe the liar. Because back then, when they said that he got molested, and he's like, that never happened. These guys are bullying me. Nobody believed him. They were just like, oh, no, you're weird. Because his dad tried to kill him. Because he thought he was, he was gay. gay. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Like, he ruined my life, so now I ruined your life mm-hmm. to pay you back. And then you ruined part of it yourself because you did half of the work for me by being a piece of shit already. Yeah. And like I said, y- you... By the end of this movie, I didn't feel bad for Jason Bateman. I felt like the guy got what he fucking deserved. Like, yeah, he's a fucking asshole that will step on heads to get where he wants to be. And, and it came back to bite him in the ass. Exactly. If you believe in karma, then that shit always comes back, dude. That's what I noticed about this movie after I rewatched it. Our movies are actually similar. Like, because you gave me the paper. Yeah. And I was trying to figure out what the paper was about. And it's basically a movie saying, like, um, the decisions you make in life affect more people than you realize. Mm-hmm. And that's this movie. It's like the decisions you make affect people. Right. And so they actually have a lot more in common than I thought they were going to. Yeah, that was by pure coincidence, man. I just gave you the paper because it sounded good. And like, <laughs> I love that movie. I think it's a good movie. But there's a lot of good actors in that movie, too. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought you'd enjoy there it. There are so way. many people in that movie. I was like, fuck yeah. me. I thought you'd enjoy it. But um, but yeah, this movie um, when I go to grade it, like, I just want to say that once I found out that Joel Egerton wrote, directed, and did all that, like, it really brought me up a lot. Well, that's the whole reason I wanted to watch it is because it's like this is Joel Egerton's uh, directorial directorial debut, right? And I'm like, fuck, I gotta watch it because Warrior's my favorite movie, and he's if it goes by the first forty five minutes of it. I'm just it, it. It's honestly a four or a five because I was like, all right, here's just another thriller. Am I outside? Am I in the closet? Movie, you know what I mean. You've seen in Disturbia. You see other stuff like it had a bunch of elements to that. I was like, here we go again. We're just gonna watch another one of these. Mm-hmm. And then the way he wrote it, he, he the twist that it took and the psychological effect that it took on, on the on the main character is just like holy shit, like, this movie was a lot more than what it looked like at the mm-hmm. beginning. So all that together, I was going to give it a five, but at the end of it, I, I boosted it up to a seven. Yeah, seven. I give it a seven out of ten. Nice. Like, I enjoyed it. and But like I said, going forward, if I watched it again, it would take a lot of the fun out of it for me because I know now mm-hmm. what, what he's going for. You know, But like you said, I might pick up more shit, like how much more intricate he fucked with him than I really even picked up on at first, but he did a pretty good job of it. Yeah. He did a pretty good job. He, yeah, this is like, like I said, it was a, it's a master craft. Like, he shows yeah. that he's a great writer, he shows that he's a great director, and he shows he, he's a great actor. Like, he's a fucking force to be reckoned with, and... Yeah, like, Joel Egerton, like I said, he doesn't always play the bad guy. Like, he plays a hero in a lot of stuff, but mm-hmm. when he does play the villain, he does a really good job. Like, he's made for that shit, too. Yeah. It's very hard for a lot of actors, I feel like, to do both. 
Yeah. You usually, if a guy's a hero and, and a couple of things, he's always going to be the hero. Yeah, stuff. you're not going to see Tom Cruise as a bad guy. Right. Or uh, Tom Hanks. Like, you're not going to see Tom Hanks play a bad guy. You're not going to see just certain people. Like, especially if you've ever played a superhero, mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, you're not going to see him play a villain. Yeah, right. Very rare. So, Michael Keaton. He played a great Batman and was a not-so-great vulture. Yeah, he did an okay job, I guess. But either way. Um, Michael Keaton is also in the paper. Yes, he is. It's all little subtleties. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I give it a seven. But like I said, the second time I watched it, I don't know if I would enjoy it as much. Oh, so you watched it twice? No, no, no. I'm saying if I watched it again. Oh, right, right. But yeah, I'm giving it a seven because I enjoyed it enough. I'm not... Like pissed that I watched it, you know what I mean, and that's why I said it was going to be a five. But then after I found out he wrote and directed it, and just the more we've talked about it, it's went up in my head to a seven. Nice. I'm giving it a seven. It's it's a psychoptic for me, which is I don't know if you remember my list, but it's basically a you two. just like movies where it fucks with people, like I do. It fucks with the main character, fucks with your mind, and I'm picking up on that. And it's cool to go down that Beast. rabbit hole because you can see how people could start off just like everybody else and then just little things. Yeah, I have a very like distinct taste and I've started to notice that in my later years. Like I like movies that fuck with my head and you, like you said you enjoy people's descent into madness. Yep. And that's cool. And that's speaking different. speaking of, I realized something last night when I was watching the paper. You fucking love the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, God Damn, his movies are just like drenched in nineties. I love that movie though, man. You know what's crazy is that's not a movie that I watched when I was a kid. My dad had that movie on one day. I don't remember what we were doing. We were just sitting around or whatever, eating, and uh, he put that on. It was probably ten minutes into it, you know, and he was just like, "Oh, the paper's great. You're gonna love it." And I was like, "What the fuck is this?" I was like, "Michael Keaton. He's not Batman, Dad. Yeah. Why are we watching this? You know." How old were you? I was probably like 16 or 17, I would think. I was okay, in high so. school, you know? I wasn't like a grown man, but I wasn't a child either, you oh, know? Yeah, you you were you could comprehend what you were watching. Exactly. And uh, I just thought it was a really well-made movie. But we'll get into that in the next episode, I suppose. Definitely. But yeah, The Gift, I recommend it. I'm so excited because this is the two-part in my trilogy thing. First, it was uh, Summer of 84. Yeah. It's the gift, and now we're going to the old fucking boy. old boy, which is like you give me the Korean one. You're not going with Thanos. You're no. not going with Brolin. Fuck no, because that one, like I watched that one first, uh-huh. and I'm like, it's not as bad as people are making it out to be. I thought it was a pretty well done remake, except I didn't even see the original, so I can't make that call. And then I watched the original, and I'm like, oh, the remake fucking sucks ass compared to the got you to the original. So that's why I give you the original because it's like. It's one of my favorite movies. Okay. And it fits into this whole, like... Well, let me ask theme. you this. Is the one that Josh Brolin does, is it based off the same movie? Is it the same general concept? Yes. Just But just muddled and... Just a white guy instead of a Korean dude? It, yeah, but they kind of, like, fuck with the story a little bit, and it's just... It doesn't have the same impact. Okay. Josh Brolin doesn't do as good of a job as the main actor in Old Boy does. Like, the guy in Old Boy, really, like, you really feel his pain. Okay. You really experience what he's going through. But Josh Brolin is like a... 
Well, I hate to say it, man, especially with the name of the show being War with Cinema and whatnot. But like you've been you've been on a good hot streak lately, dude. Mm-hmm. What are we with three good movies in a row now? Don't worry. I got some up my sleeve. Like, I can't wait for you to watch Frame and just come in here and wait to kick my ass because. I don't feel like, I don't know if I'm hitting the same. I don't think I'm on the same hot streak as yours because I don't think you enjoyed what you, you didn't mind Celtic Pride, did you? I didn't mind it. I'll probably never watch it again, but it was, it was fun because. um, It's got some good, good laughs in there, I think. I can't remember his name, the director of it. Well, the writer, really. He did Knocked Up. Oh, yeah. Um. Shit, if you want to ask me. Judd Apatow. <laughs> Judd Apatow. Yeah. He actually wrote that movie, so I, I yeah. think that's why I didn't mind it as much. And I didn't even know that, but that's awesome, though. Yeah, I've seen his name. Oh, if I see his name, I'll notice it right away, because I'm obsessed with his movies. Yeah, because I, I loved that movie since I was a kid. Like, yeah. So. It was a fun little movie, but I'll probably never watch it again. What was the one I gave you before that? Idle Hands? Idle Hands. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, I'm getting, like, pounded with 90s nostalgia in your movies. Yeah. Which is fine because I like. You wanted Idle Hands, bro. I told you what that movie was about, and you were no, like, no, no. I oh, really, no, I'm interested. In I'm it. actually probably gonna watch Idle Hands again. I'm probably gonna buy it and watch it because I actually dude, you can enjoyed it. My copy. <laughs> <laughs> I still got it. So. I don't think I've watched it since I since I bought it. Like, really? I think I just bought it because I was like, "Holy shit, Idle Hands! What are you ever gonna see that shit on DVD?" Never. I didn't even know about it. You but... know, I'm a sucker for a dollar DVD, dog. You are. So, yeah, that's where your Christmas gift came from. <laughs> Dollar DVD land. <laughs> All right, so next we're going to talk about the paper with Michael Keaton and a bunch of other stars. Yeah, can't wait. See you then. Later. Later.